Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Pagans Tonight Radio Network, the voice of the pagan world. Pagans Tonight is sponsored by Witchschool.com, your anyone, anytime, anywhere magical education. And good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, wherever you're at in the world today. It can be any one of hundreds of countries that can regularly listen to, to Pagans Tonight Radio. And you're with Elder Talk with Sir Ed Carell. I am putting on the subject tonight. I'm putting on my professor's hat for talking about spells. And um, and so today's show is a little bit uh, sponsored by um, Stephanie Leon Neal's book, Untraining of the Sea Priestess. If you're really looking for a book that helps you dive into the deeper part of it, go to stephanieleonneal.com and check her out. I think it's a very important aspect of it. So today we're talking about spells, and spells are a very particular thing. Um, they exist throughout the magical world. It's the number one thing that is about the magical world, that, you know, a magician casts a spell, witches cast spells. A lot of people cast spells. In the older days, it was called a glamour, or they would cast a glamour. So that's another word for spells. There's lots of words for spells, but it's probably one of the most broadest aspects that we have ever thought about within the community. And then what do we mean by that? It's the one thing that, you know, is mythologically, fictionally, one of those things that we talk about. And if we analyze the spell, a spell is really utilizing a number of tools, whatever they may be, to create an intention and carry it out so that an act of will is committed. So simply put, it's a way to get the universe to react to the caster's desire in life. And recently I've been talking a lot about the magic, the witch's magical mercenary. So a spell can be cast on behalf of another person, i.e. Uh, a love spell, a revenge spell, any number of things. And in the old days, people could go up to a witch, the, the expert of last resort, and says, can you cast a spell for me? And the reason why it's usually the last uh, resort is because people have been trained and they were taught and they were made to think of it as a negative. So then the witch would go out and make a potion, a form of a spell. Or she would go out and do a casting. Or she would put together a totem or a charm or say some magical words or say these are the things you're supposed to do. And all of them had the same effect. It was supposed to make a change in reality on behalf of the spell who the spells casted for or casted on. Um, a good example of a great spell, tremendously powerful spell, is Cinderella in mythology. Her godmother casted a spell that allowed her to transform herself from being a very common young lady to one that was spectacular and seen by everybody as beautiful and gorgeous. And one of the things about it is that all she did to do that was she gave her the trappings of being beautiful. Because Cinderella was already beautiful. She just was dressed as a commoner. So she knew that some of the tools of the trade were to give her beautiful shoes and beautiful dress and put her in a coach and that everybody would see her as a princess as somebody truly gorgeous, somebody truly beautiful. And so the spell upon her to reveal an inner self. A lot of the best spells do that. They're not 
transformational on the insides, but they bring out the outsides to match the internal hunger or desire or feeling. Um, sometimes a spell, especially like a revenge spell, is supposed to create hardships between everybody. So to get revenge, so this is something that happens externally to bring about a change in the internal person, that is to bring them to harm or to bring them to despair or to make them cry out uh, and, and atone for what they've done. So a spell can be used to change an inner nature as well. In fact, spells can be used for anything that you desire. One of the more common spells in the world is a very simple one that people look at. My version of it is holy asphalt up full of grace help me find a parking space. The incantation to find a parking space. And a lot of people use those incantations. So an incantation is a spell. So at the heart of it, a spell is simply a set of words and or actions and or thoughts. All of them have to be that. Something iterated, something that is put out into the world with force, with mental energy that creates a change on behalf of the person who casted it. And no matter who it is that they casted it for or by, it pertains to the individual. So that gets us back to the idea of the witch as a magical mercenary. The witch knows how to make these changes and goes about to do them, and they induce change in other people to get these spells across. And of course, all language is regenerative, meaning all words are regenerative. It means they, they create structure of language. They create the structure of our reality. Oftentimes, we wouldn't even know to think about something until somebody iterates a word and to create a phenomena within people to get them to recognize something. Like most people don't notice that they're missing, uh, say, candy or that they're hungry until somebody mentions it. Not that they weren't hungry, but they didn't notice so a spell, the words of a spell, get you to notice something that you may not have noticed before. And it can be a curse. Uh, you know, it can be a curse to say, to you, I'm cursing you. And I'm going to tell you why I'm cursing you, and I'm going to give you a spell. And that could be get into your head. And that energy changes too. Does a person have to know the spell is being cast on them to affect them? No. If we believe in magic and that magic has a magical force, the person who's being the spell cast on may not know it. That's especially true of the idea of a love spell, but it could be like a free spell. That person just simply doesn't know it but doesn't want to come around you anymore. They just don't have that feeling. Um, and a go away, you know, uh, itchy foot spell, itchy foot powders, is that they want to go away. They just want to go somewhere and get away. All of these are believed not to have effect. But in the most powerful spells, voodoo doctors go, oh, yeah, we casted a spell on you. Something bad's going to happen. And they let that words, regenerative, kind of sink in and affect you as well. So that's a very important aspect of it, too. So that's a pretty amazing aspect of spells. So spells, the best type of spells for me is the ones I like to practice most. Well, I, I'm a big believer in long-term magic. Right now I'm doing I'm, I've got a really overarching spell that I've casted a very long time ago. Um, the crystal web was a magical construction made up of lots of little spells. And those are enchanting and those are creating and, and inviting the energy of crystals 
to connect with you and to connect with others and to connect with other crystals and those crystals connect with more crystals. So it's a series of spells meant to create a larger entity, which is now known as Great Crystal Web, which is all over the world, having probably more than a million crystals in it and literally hundreds, if not thousands of practitioners over the years. That's the spell. It's a big spell. And I love those type of spells. And then within those contexts, I like to cast spells based on certain astrological and astronomical phenomena, uh, such as this year's Halloween. It's going to be on a Saturday. Halloween, full moon. And not only that, it's going to be the day we turn the clocks back. And there's going to be a lot of energy. And so that's a really good time to, to cast a spell because the energy is so high and so many people are going to accept it. Does the spell have to be accepted to have to be effective? Yes, at least by the person casting it. No one else has to, but if the person casting it doesn't have a belief in their spell, it's not going to work. So we have the spell itself, which is a creation of an intention. We've certified that intention by strengthening the will of the individual, either by chants, incantations, creating totems, by bringing the objects of the spell together, a way to make the universe understand what you want, and then the release of that spell. Then it has an effect, or it doesn't, depending on, on the whims of the universe. Some people say it's a science. Some people will say an art. I say it's both. It can be, you know, you can put it together, and spells can be put on a whim that work, and spells that can be very elaborate work. I'm in the middle of a very elaborate spell um, that I'll be doing, uh, be adding to it on this Saturday, if you're listening to it right away, the day out of time, which is also going to be called elsewhere, uh, Tarot, Prophecy, and Time. And I'm going to be starting a uh, spell that has to do a lot with the, kind of the work I've done, kind of the prophetic work I've done. Is divination a spell? Inherently, divination is not a spell, but it certainly has a lot of the aspects of it. It's a little different in the sense of it's trying to gain knowledge from the universe. So a spell tends to be something more projective. Think Harry Potter and his wands. Think Samantha's switching her nose. It tends to affect the world as we know it. And so we have a lot of fun with that we have, and, and, and deal with that. So the most powerful spells for you to do that are simple are incantation. You know, you know, you know, you know very simple. Like I use a holy asphalt, a full of grace, get me a parking space. Um... You know, there is a little spells of that nature. And so people can cast those incantations. You know, I, you know, today I will be I, today I will be beautiful. Today I will be strong. It doesn't have to even rhyme. It just has to be something believed in, conceived in, and willing to be repeated over and over again until it becomes true. And that's the thing about spells. Spells can be having to be repeated over and over again and that sort of thing. So can spells be cast only certain times a year? There's a big belief of casting spells at the right hour and time of the day. There's the hours, there's planetary hours, there's a lot of different things that go into spells. So spells can be very elaborate, very difficult to cast, because you want a very particular effect, and they believe that this has been done before, so the universe has a vibe with it, that it knows what it is. This is the idea of a programmable or responsive universe, meaning... If you do these things, this thing will happen. 
Now in science, we call that the scientific theory, you know, and we can repeat scientific effects. In magic, training, and some people can make the effects work and some can't. And so it makes it a lot more difficult to understand what's going on there. Certain spells do seem to have the same effects over and over again. And some of the spells we're learning have probably hidden hypnotic therapies in it, neurolinguistic programming, things that have happened that have do cause a certain effect. Um, for me, the questioning curse is one of the most powerful incantations and spells you can cast. And people don't even know they do it, but they undermine each other with it. How are you, how are you feeling is is a question, but saying you look like you're not feeling well, that's an incantation. It can be. Or you look tired. That's an incantation. That's a spell. It's a first thing spell at that. You look tired and you should get some rest. That may show concern, but you're definitely projecting a tiredness into it. Or you look sick, knowing if they are sick or not. This can project a reality into them. And, you know, it, people respond. Also, the opposite is you look so happy. A person goes, oh, I am so happy. Anything that makes them focus on a certain emotion, a certain concept, a certain idea at a time when they may not normally be thinking about it is, again, another form of spell work. So there's all kinds of ways of working on spells. There's all kinds of ways of doing spells. It is the kind of the bridge on What's the difference between a spell and a ritual? Well, rituals tend to be things we do to serve or to gather community or to to bring together an ideology. Um, there are some rituals which are really spells in disguise, but a lot of rituals are about the pattern of community building, a pattern of worship. It's a pattern to serve a god. It's a pattern to make things happen in society. So it has a spell-like quality, and a good ritual can be very spell-like. But in essence, there is no need to identify particular individuals. It doesn't necessarily have to have an effect. In fact, a lot of times, a ritual can actually have a spell within it called an act of power. The act of power, like, let us cast a cone of power, or let us do healings for individuals, is really the spell work within a ritual and that sort of thing. So even a healing can be active spell. So spell is any act that brings together intention, brings it together a desire to bring a change, and that that change is released into, that desire for change is released into the universe in some format to have some sort of effect. It can be beneficial, it can be benevolent, it can be full, it can be harmful, it can be a curse, a blessing, but in all essences, it is about the simple idea of creating an intention, certifying that tension, increasing the will of an individual, and the release of the spell. Now, some people like to work spells over a very long time, building tension in them. And like, say, oh, there's a spell I'm working on. I do that a lot. And then it has a moment to release, such as the moment Mercury retrogrades at 11.41 p.m. on 10.31.2019 around the village sat in Salem, which was supposed to ring down and, and brought down the veil and crashed it around there to create an effect of creating oracles. And in that next year, that it's supposed to create oracles for others, 
um, to do so. That is a spell. That took a while to build, and it is now still building in its own way that is still having an effect. So a spell can take a long time to develop, or it can last a long time, such as familial blood curses or other things of that nature. Uh, protection of a house is tense. People tend to create blessings for a house, create a spell for that, and then they tend to leave it for a very long period of time. They don't think about it again. Some people say, oh, you should go back and reinforce them. And reinforcement of a spell, which is also known as wards and guards, um, does have a powerful effect. The repetition of a spell um, will create a greater effect in that spell. It will create and reinforce it. But if a spell starts to lose its value as a spell, meaning it's done ritualistically, it can still have power, but it is not the same because it loses that essence of the immediate, the imminence of it, the actual work of it. it they, people forget what was once a spell becomes a ritual. Like it may be a spell to walk in your house and douse your, you know, and, and smudge yourself per se. But pretty soon, if you forgot why you're doing it, if it, it, it's done without intention, it becomes ritualistic. It becomes a ritual, and then it can lose its power. So spells, which are turned into rituals, and then are forgotten what its purpose or intention is, can lose power. Now, on the other hand, if you're doing the ritual every day, such as you're coming to the house and smudging him, and you're keeping that intention, oh, cleanse me, cleanse me, cleanse me, and you're doing it every day, then it reinforces that spell that reforces that ritual together and it continues to build and, and get, bring even more and more satisfaction to it. It's only when you do a spell into a ritual then forget why you're doing it, just doing it because you have to. Um, I think like knocking on wood is one of these types of rituals. You know, it's kind of a small spell. Oh, knock on wood to protect your luck. Why? Well, because people once believed the wood uh, spirits lived in the wood and they didn't want to intend to, intend to assault them. So knocking on wood three times would help the spirit understand that you need, you know, you want, you want some protection. But we do it now just out of fun. So that's the difference. So the last thing a spell can be, and you can do it very quickly and very fast, is supposed to bring around a change in the in the universe, in the world, in the way we think, or the way we being, and it should happen fairly quickly. Oftentimes, we also wish that would happen instantaneously once it releases. It depends on the spell. Certainly in our movies, and our phenomena, you cast a spell and it immediately has an effect. Those are the best kind, and you want to see it. But in, in general, spell work is pretty invisible, pretty unseen. You don't see a sudden flash of light, unfortunately. I wish we did. I wish we had better ways of knowing that it was there and working, but sometimes you just have to wait and see if the intention works to see if what happens from it, see if it works at all or, or if the effect that you're looking for happens. And when it does, that's pretty amazing. So that's a, that's a big part of the aspect of spell work. All told, spell work is a lot of fun. It brings your intention together, reinforcement of intention through actions, through totems, through potions, through different patterns. And then... It has an effect once you release it. Now, people say, well, what about herb crafts? Why do you use herbs in these spells? Sometimes they have actual medical effects. or maybe actually other things that help do it. Um, some people like incense for spells because it induces a state. 
everything is about transforming your energy so that it can affect other energy, so that you become a tuning fork, sending out a vibration which causes other things to shake, that you're an engine which can move across the universe. You turn, you become a, a crystal of your own core wherever you see the reflection. In all ways, the idea of you casting a spell is to bring this energy into play that allows it to work. You must act as the conduit for the spell, and that certain spells answer and respond to certain energies. And it's what we expect them to energize more than anything else. Does this mean I should not worry about other people's spells, that I should just go ahead and cast my own spells? Well, to a large degree, yes. But other people can teach you spells that works for them, and they'll probably work for you too, for certain aspects of it. So you can go ahead and um, teach a spell that people like, and then they can go, oh, well, I like that, and practice it too. Or other spells are so elaborate that you have to spend a long time that you can't teach it. You can demonstrate, but you can't teach it. And there's all sorts of these types of ideas. So a spell, again, intention, reinforcement of that intention, release, and patience to allow it to work are the key elements of a spell. And that is Elder Talk by Sir Ed Carell on spells today.